Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Here's what I do want. You are burgeoning gambling problem. Oh. Oh. I've made two bets in the last two days. <laughs> Listen, there are very few things in your life that I've said, learn from my mistakes on, and I've been wrong about. Take it from me on this one. This is a dangerous path you are walking you're only betting with your friends, right? Yeah. Let's say you're great at it. It's going to cost your friendship. Because <laughs> eventually, someone's not going to pay. Let's say you're bad at it. It's going to cost you a bunch of money. Let's say you're break even at it. That's probably the best case scenario. But then, what's the point of doing it if you're just breaking even? Whoa, I mean... I'm far from breaking even at this point. I'm like $390 up. See? And just, yeah. I, haven't, I haven't lost a bet. Okay. Well, um, mark this tape, boys and girls. You know what? You, with all that given information you just gave me, mm-hmm. why do you still bet? Because I have a gambling problem. Welcome in episode 14 of the What's Right with Nick Wright podcast and YouTube show. Like, rate, subscribe, review. Please do all of those things. Our YouTube subscribers are growing. I don't get to see the podcast subscribers. I hope they're growing. Please subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. Also, by the way, on the podcast and YouTube feeds, we're continuing every Sunday we release the latest in the 50 greatest players of the last 50 years in NBA history. Something I am oddly passionate about, as you will find out in just a moment. This week, One of the most polarizing players on the entire list comes out. So check that out this Sunday. Catch up over the weekend because we've already done players 50 through 40. But as we always do on the show, first we talk about what we are not actually talking about. So here is what is not on today's show. What is not on today's show is Jerry West being mad at HBO, Jay Wright eyeing the NBA, or J.R. Smith's 4.0 GPA. But shout out to my buddy J.R. Smith. I think that is such an awesome story. Also not on today's show is the ongoing, to me, non-debate about is Kevin Durant a top 10 all-time player? That's not in today's show. However, I have been so enraged by so many of my colleagues flippantly calling him a top 10 all-time player when you simply, it's impossibility to, to make, I'm not going to do it again. I'm going to do it just for a second right here. Top of my head, just real quick, of all time. So you have LeBron, you have Kareem, you have Michael, you have Magic, you have Wilt, you have Russell. That's six names. You have Duncan, you have Bird, you have Kobe. That's nine names. 
So to have Kevin Durant as top 10, that means no one else is on the list. Oh, but wait, I haven't said Shaquille O'Neal, Akeem Olajuwon. Oh, my goodness. I haven't said Dr. J. I haven't said Steph. I haven't said Giannis. Oh, my God, what am I going to do here? So here's the, oh, here's the problem, guys. I gave 14 names, and I say KD's got to be ahead of five of them to be top 10. And 20% of the responses are some snarky version of, dude, at least do the math right. If there's 14 names for him to be top 10, he's only got to be ahead of four of them. And I'm like, the, the, these people can't even do single-digit subtraction. What's 14 minus four? It's 10. And then you add Kevin Durant. How many do you have? Oh, shit. These people are so dumb. Ultimately, there is no way. There is, it does not exist. There is no way to put Durant in the top 10 without removing, at a minimum, Akeem, Shaq, Bird, Kobe. You got to remove uh, Dr. J. You have to remove three of those guys. Of those five guys, pick three to put Kevin Durant ahead of. That's what you've got to do. Everyone will say Dr. J immediately. Fine. Give me the other two. You're going to say Akeem. You'll be wrong, but fine. Tell me the other one. Shaq, Kobe, Larry Bird. Tell me. Nobody can do it. You know why? Because he's not top 10. And then I'm going to say something else. I'm going to read you a tweet I got from, and I, I, I don't dislike this guy, Ben Dowsett, who has a verified check mark. And I'm going to read you his Twitter bio because it's relevant to the discussion. Ben Dowsett, NBA words, mostly at ESPN or 538. He tweets to me, I honestly stand in awe of your ability to constantly find the energy to care so much about such arbitrary, irrelevant The guy is a writer about sports. All of this is irrelevant, arbitrary So I responded to him. You're smart enough to see the irony in this tweet considering what we both do for a living. I mean, arbitrary, irrelevant is literally what both of our careers are based on writing about. And he responds, sure, but I think you're smart enough to realize there are degrees to this. Whether KD is the ninth or 14th best player of all time is irrelevant even in a world of irrelevance. Let me tell you something. You know the very specific scenario in which someone is the ninth best or 14th best at something. If if the question is, are they in the top 10? That is the one situation where not only is it not irrelevant, it's actually the only relevant thing. If, if Is this person top 10? Oh, well, they're, they're ninth or they're 14th. Who cares? Well, I'll tell you who cares. The person who asked the question, is he top 10? Okay, now we can start the actual show. Demonze, when's the last time you heard me curse that much? Have you ever heard me curse that much? Um, During a Chiefs playoff loss, maybe? I've definitely heard you curse that much. It might not have been sports related. Sports but. related? Oh, probably at you. Yeah. Probably Demonze or Demonze <laughs> High School related, maybe. Okay. So what are we starting with today? Sun State game five against New Orleans. Yep. Mikael Bridges and Aiden have a big night. Yep. You've gone with Dallas to win the West countless uh-huh. times, probably yeah. more times than you've gone with Jokic not being the MVP. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. Do you realize how lucky they are 
to be playing the banged up Suns instead of the Grizzlies or the Warriors? Okay, well, they're not playing the Suns yet, and I want to talk about the Grizzlies in just a second, but I do assume the Suns are going to beat the Pelicans. But, folks, I went out on a limb and picked Dallas when Luka was already out, declared out for the beginning of the series with an injury. I, we knew the bracket, and I knew that Grizzlies-Warriors were on the other side of the bracket. That's one of the reasons I picked Dallas. Another one of the reasons I picked Dallas and wasn't afraid of Phoenix was because of all the best teams in basketball, the one with the biggest injury risk is the one whose best player is 36 years old and Chris Paul. Now, he's not the one who got hurt. Devin Booker's the one who got hurt. But Chris Paul's always an injury risk. So, no, I'm not going to have any shame in the fact that I had the courage to stick with Dallas from six weeks ago, even after Luka got hurt. And what we are seeing is, as I told you, Luka is an all-time playoff performer. Tonight, when you guys see the game, when they beat Utah, what's an average Luka game? Well, he literally averages 34-9-9 and for his playoff career. So I think, I don't know, tonight, closeout game, probably 36-11-8 is about what I would anticipate for him. He's the best player on his side of the bracket. He is the best player in the Western Conference playoffs. He's better than Steph. He's better than Ja. But I do want to say something about Ja because I, I believe the Grizzlies are going to close out the Timberwolves. Ja was obviously unbelievable in the closing minutes against uh, the Timberwolves on Tuesday night, scored 13 straight points, had one of the greatest dunks we've ever seen. I, before the playoffs, picked the Grizzlies to beat the Warriors in that series. I would be lying if I said I feel better about Memphis today than beforehand because they have looked shaky against the Timberwolves. Right. And the Warriors have looked phenomenal. With that said, the Warriors are playing a, a team that is drawing dead in Denver. That's not, that's not about Jokic. They are just flatly drawing dead. And the other piece of that is, in my estimation, that the Warriors, maybe I underrated them a bit because they hadn't been healthy all year. There is a chance right. the Warriors are the best team in the West, even though Dallas has the best player in the West. But I think Memphis is going to present some issues for Golden State because of their youth and their athleticism and just the kind of frenetic style they play. So I think that series is going to be a war. I think Dallas is going to beat Phoenix. I, no, I'm not backing down at all, and I'm not at all going to apologize that I had the foresight to believe in Luka Doncic when no one else wanted to. I, again, by the way, I told you this. I, the, I think I told you this. I bet before the playoffs at 65-1, to 1, Bucks over Mavs in the finals. An exact NBA finals. If the Bucks are champions, they beat the Mavericks. I right now, if you ask me what I think the finals, what's gonna happen, Sounds I would say big. Bucks over Mavs. Okay, all right, what's next, Monty? Philly in danger of blowing a 3-0 lead to Toronto yeah. in game six on Thursday. Um, they got a lot of decisions to make with Harden up for an extension. Yep. And B is now injured for a second playoff. Playoff season or whatever. Yeah, playoff run uh, in a row. In a row. Yep. Uh, what does Philly need to do to prove that Harden, Maxi, and Embiid is worth building around? Okay, first of all, let me talk about the stakes in game six for a moment. Because everybody knows no one has ever blown a 3-0 lead in NBA playoff history. Right. Doc Rivers has blown three separate 3-1 leads, but no one's ever blown a 3-0 lead. But it's more dramatic. Than that. There have only been three teams ever up 3-0 that then even had to play a game seven. And one of them is the 1951 Rochester Royals. It happened once in 1951, 
in once in the mid 90s and once in the early 2000s. Oh, so down 0-3, not only does no one ever win, typically you don't ever even get to a game seven. So the fact that Philly is now on the road in Toronto for a game six with no maxi, with MB, this is scary, legit scary. Yeah. Like I expected Philly to potentially lose game four. They go up 3-0, they relax. They have a couple days off, they're partying in Canada. But then game five is when you end the series. Right. You're back home. You're incentivized to make sure you don't have to get on another plane, take another trip. And not only do they lose, they got blown out. So, yeah, if they, if they were to lose this series, then it is the shockwaves of it will be felt for years. Like, Doc will obviously lose his job. I don't know what they do with Harden. Like, the whole thing. If they lose game six, I would argue the pr- – Game seven in Philly becomes the single most pressurized round one game in NBA history. For but Doc Rivers, especially. Yeah. For everyone involved. No, you, you will never get over the stink of an 0-3 right. uh, blowing 3-0 lead, especially when you have arguably the MVP on your team. And the other team, it's Scotty Barnes, who's a rookie. Fred Van Bleed, who didn't even play in game five. The whole thing is a mess. Sorry, my phone's broken. It's making noise. The, I don't know if the mics picked that up. But the to answer the direct question, I don't. I think Philly's path. Let's just assume they don't have the most catastrophic collapse in NBA history. Embiid's obviously locked up. Max is on his rookie deal, and you didn't trade all that stuff for Harden to not re-sign Harden. Right. So like that is going to be their trio moving forward. There are real questions about what level of player Harden is anymore. He just yeah. can't seem to get past people anymore, and that's concerning. But the idea that Daryl Morey, Harden's one of his all-time favorite players, was with him in Houston. Daryl Morey's going to sign Harden to whatever contract Harden demands this offseason. Is that going to be a good contract in, in four years? No. Will it be a good contract next year? Philly would be banking on it, but they got to get through Toronto. But they're not showing me right now. I picked them to beat Miami in round two. Miami, the other night, just beat Atlanta with no Jimmy Butler. They, they handled Atlanta in five. All right, what's next? Nope. We're taping before game five of Bucks Bulls. Yep. Assuming they win the series, yeah. Milwaukee's got Boston next. Yeah. And I'm feeling pretty good about it. Um, I think we can make that beneficial now, by the way. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, especially with Middleton being banged up. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, so I, well, let's just hold on. So let's just stop here. So you uh, want to make a Bucks Celtics bet? Yes. Demonte's a Celtics fan. Celtics and six. Celtics and six. Yep. That's what I'm going with. If it goes to a game seven, I do give you. If it goes to game seven, I want to make that like a little sidebar thing. If uh-huh. it goes to game seven, uh-huh. I give it to Milwaukee. If, but you know, well, that's it. But game seven would be in Boston. So, so you're saying that the Celtics win, win in six. We again, you're trying to, you want to gamble with me on this. I don't think it's a good idea. I understand Middleton's out. I also. So, what do you want to bet? Let's let's figure out the bet. Then I'll tell, give my opinion on the series. Because there need to be real stakes involved. Celtics in and six, so I get yeah. 150 bucks. See, can Wait, I just, actually, you know what? I give you 150, you give me 500. I'm not giving you three to one odds on what is a coin flip series in Vegas. See, here's the deal, buddy. We don't need, betting money between us is not a good idea. Because it's just <laughs> naturally going to be more painful for you than for me. There needs to be some reputational thing involved. There needs to be something either that we do on the show something the viewers and listeners some embarrassment for me or embarrassment for you 
That's what the bet needs to be about. So okay. I, I, I have some ideas on what we could do here because you're a Celtics fan, and I've said Giannis and the Bucks are going to win the title. Money is not the right answer here, okay? It's not a financial wager that we need to make. What we need to make is a reputational wager, okay? If Boston wins the series, I will let you run my Twitter account for a day. (laughs) Okay? Okay. If If the Bucks win the series, I get to pick five pictures of you with no say from you to put on this show. Is that a bet? <laughs> Is that a bet? Oh, God. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's a bet? That's, that's a deal Locked right in. That's there we go. All right. I've got the Bucks. You've got the Celtics. I think Giannis is going to – you know who's going to be a low-key loser of Bucks celtics if the Bucks win? Kevin Durant. Because if the, the Celtics defense that stymied KD for four games and swept them, if Giannis has his way with them, right. that's a problem. All right, I, I, we have a clock if you're watching on YouTube. We only have 30 seconds left, we're, but we're going to almost hit the clock. Give me the last question. Shams reported Ben Simmons told the Nets he has a mental block after last postseason. Yeah. Says the mental block stress affected his back injury. Yes. Mental health is obviously a very serious issue. We don't know what's up with Ben Simmons, obviously. Yeah. Um, but is it okay to criticize him anymore? Okay, so I don't need a lot of time here. I need maybe we'll go over time by one minute. So I I said on this show on other platforms that I thought Ben's back injury was, I think the term is psychosomatic. And that doesn't mean it's not real. It's the same way stress can cause ulcers, stress can cause back pain. I believed his back was hurting without ever suffering a physical back injury. I think it was the stress of the moment. Here is why you can empathize with Ben Simmons, but also be critical of Ben Simmons, the basketball player. Part of being a performer, whether it's sports, theater acting, stand-up comic, is the stress and anxiety of performing in front of crowds and being able to perform despite them. Right. So... It is, yes, you can, you can empathize with someone who is dealing with legitimate mental health or stress and anxiety struggles, but also recognize that in, we always like to say, ah, you know, we need to do a better job of treating you know, mental injury or you know, mental trauma the way we do trauma to the body. But that correct the same way we give guys in sports more credit if they can if they are can play through an ankle injury that someone else couldn't a lot of these guys are under massive pressure a lot of these guys are under massive stress and when it comes to Ben Simmons the basketball player his inability it would appear to handle that makes him a worse basketball player it, it it's not an indictment on him as a human being but it is absolutely fair to say part of being a professional athlete is being able to deal with the expectations, the pressure, the crowds, all of it, and still perform your best. If you can't do that, that makes you a lesser professional athlete. That is not attacking someone for going through mental health struggles. 
that is recognizing what any type of live performance is. And he's gotten a lot of time. Well, he's gotten, he's gotten a lot of time. And at this point, I do worry he's his own worst enemy on it. Right. And I feel badly for Ben Simmons, the person. But Ben Simmons, the basketball player, is it's absolutely fair to say, if just like I feel like in the Celtics-Nets series, at some point, the pressure got to KD a bit. That, that, that's a mental thing. Right. The, the, in, in the Mavs uh, Heat series, when LeBron melted down, clearly the pressure got to him. Part of being great is overcoming that. Right now, Ben is having issues with that. That's about him, the basketball player, not him, the human being. We'll be right back. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp because your mental well-being matters. A lot of us spend our lives wishing we had more time. The question is, time for what? If time was unlimited, how would you use it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important to you and make it a priority. Therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of that. Unlock the power of therapy with BetterHelp and witness the transformative benefits it brings to your life. From gaining valuable insights into your thought patterns to building resilience in the face of challenges, therapy empowers you to navigate life's twists with confidence. BetterHelp offers a convenient online platform designed to be flexible, fitting seamlessly into your schedule. With a simple questionnaire, get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at no extra cost. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com right to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot right. Your mental health journey begins here. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. All right, welcome back in. What's Right with Nick Wright podcast, segment number two of episode number 14. For those of you charting the show segment by segment, episode by episode, which is absolutely no one. All right, Demonze, now time for two wrongs and one right. We're going to get right into it. Let's go. Most likely to be traded before our next show. Okay. Debo Samuel. Yeah. Baker Mayfield or Darren Waller. Okay, so Darren Waller is the outstanding Raiders tight end who all of a sudden popped up in some trade rumors. We've already talked about Debo. I, so the draft is, by the time you guys are hearing or seeing this, the draft is today. It's, the, it's Thursday. I guess maybe it's yesterday, depending on when you're watching it, but the draft is today. The draft is going to determine Baker's destiny. So I, my guess is none of these guys are traded in the next 96 hours, but if one of them is, my answer is Baker. Because somebody is going to end up be targeting a quarterback, not getting it, and then deciding, okay, we need, you know what I mean, Baker Mayfield's our best option. I don't know that the Niners are going to flinch on Debo. And the Darren Waller thing seemed to kind of come out out of whole cloth. Like, I'm not certain. The Raiders are 
they just added Devontae Adams. They are trying to compete with Kansas City. That I don't think all of a sudden they're going to get rid of one of their – the guy who last year I felt was their most dynamic offensive weapon. And the Niners, I think they and Debo will end up coming to terms on something. Maybe I'm wrong. Listen, maybe Debo's traded draft day. But it, I, I don't think the Niners are in the biz, right now in the business when they're going to be starting not a rookie quarterback but essentially a rookie quarterback in Trey Lance getting rid of their most dynamic offensive weapon. Baker, we know, is not going to be a Brown. So to me, he's the best, the best answer, the most likely answer. All right, what's next? Makes sense. What draft strategy do you agree with? Yeah. Always trade down. Yep. Don't draft a running back in round one or never drafting a mid-round quarterback. Okay. The way quarterbacks are drafted is so patently illogical. And I'm this is gonna, we're gonna spend half the segment on this question. Okay. okay. So here's the deal. Go back in every draft that we've had for 30 years. And here is what is true. If you went and redid the draft, every single quarterback that worked out, no matter where they were drafted, would be the first pick, the second pick, the third pick. How, if you have three, if you went, if 10 years after a draft, there were three franchise quarterbacks from the draft, and you're like, hey, go redraft. It doesn't matter if a Hall of Fame left tackle or uh, Jalen Ramsey or who is in that draft, you went to redraft it with hindsight being 2020. The first, the best quarterback to go first, the second best quarterback goes second, the third best quarterback go third, and then you'd get to everyone else. So that brings, that is just a pure fact of the matter. You go to Patrick Mahomes' draft, it's quite simple. Patrick Mahomes would go one, Deshaun Watson would go two, and then we would get to the non-quarterbacks. If you went to Baker Mayfield's draft, for instance, Josh Allen would go one, Lamar Jackson would go two, Baker Mayfield, for all his flaws, would go three, and then we would get to all the other players because a franchise quarterback is so much more valuable than everybody else. So why do I bring that up? Because this time of year, you hear teams or reports from teams say this, which makes no sense when it comes to quarterbacks. Oh, well, they wouldn't draft him in the top five. But if he falls to 20, they might want him. They might trade back in to get him. If he's a success, if he's the right pick at 20, he would have been the right pick at one unless there was another quarterback better than him. So that's, so th that's first point. Like the idea that there is such a thing as a quarterback that five years after the draft, it's going to be like, oh, glad we didn't spend the fourth pick on him, but thrilled we spent the 14th pick on him. That player has never existed. It's a myth. So, okay, so there's that. Then there's the mid-round quarterback part of it. I, and people are like, oh, Russell Wilson was a mid-round quarterback. Yeah, I understand. People missed on him. He went back and redid Russell Wilson draft. He would go number one overall. Andrew Luck would go number two overall. But set that aside. These teams that spin picks in the second and third round where you can get starters. You expect to get starters at every position on the field, except for quarterback, where it's like, oh, no, no, we're drafting him as a project. We think maybe he can be a backup. That is a wasted pick. If I was running a team, here's, here's my rule for the GM. There are only two spots that you're allowed to draft a quarterback. In the top 10 or... Sixth round or later. 
flyer picks. Another draft rule I would have, by the way. And you might, people might say, oh, so you wouldn't have drafted Lamar at 32? No. If I were, no, what I would have said is, guys, let's be honest, Baltimore missed on Lamar Jackson too. You know why? Because they waited until the 32nd pick to trade up and get him. They didn't, they had no idea. You can be like, oh, it's less risky. No, no, no. If if they know what they knew now, if they were that much confidence in their convictions, they'd have ensured they got him by moving up earlier. But here's another draft rule I have. Sixth and seventh round picks are exclusively for the following things. The single best specialist in the draft, so kickers and punters are to me undervalued in the draft. Punters, sometimes we have full drafts, no punters get drafted. Punting's wildly valuable. Um, So it's for that. Flyers on quarterbacks and guys who've been arrested or injured. So guys who you should save all of your end of the draft picks for guys with A-plus upside that might never make it in the league or special. So a guy who's been arrested, a guy who popped his Achilles and hadn't been healthy in two years, that's, that's how you do the end of the draft. The beginning of the draft, I explained it. Again, nobody's going to let me run a team. I don't even really want to run an NFL team. <laughs> doesn't sound that. I'd love to run an NBA team. NFL team doesn't sound that fun, but I could help half the league in the draft room. All right, what's next? Okay. Kyrie Irving said a lot of things in his end-of-season press conference. Mm-hmm. Which statement of, of his is true? Yeah. He'll resign with Brooklyn. He'll help manage the franchise. Uh-huh. Or he's not focused on individual achievements and happiness. Oh, I actually believe the first and, uh, you know what? I think these are all true. I think he is re-signing with Brooklyn. I think they are going to let him help manage the franchise. And I don't think he's worried about his individual achievements. Oh, that's I, the I, first one ever on the show. I, I actually believe Kyrie on all those things. But it is batshit crazy of the Nets to let him help manage the franchise. <laughs> Kyrie Irving just had the worst year of his professional career. He was barely available to play, much less anything else. And he surveyed the landscape after the worst year of his professional career and was like, I've decided I deserve a raise and a promotion. It's insane, man. He went, keep in mind, when he got to Brooklyn, they had a good head coach in Kenny Atkinson. He and KD didn't like him, even though KD wasn't even playing that year. They forced Atkinson out. One of the reasons they didn't like him was because Atkinson had the audacity to want to play Jared Allen over fossilized DeAndre Jordan. They're like, oh, well, that's you. Listen, you got to roll with DeAndre. So they get Atkinson out. They then hire Nash. And Kate Kyrie goes on that podcast with KD and says, uh, we don't really have a head coach. I can be the coach. You can be the coach. So Kyrie, one year into his tenure, elevated himself to assistant head coach. Three years into his tenure, after one of the main reasons Harden soured on the team was Kyrie not being there and that nonsense, Kyrie's talking about lack of continuity within the roster. Like, he's not the biggest reason for it. And then he's like, you know what? I've decided I should help build the roster. (laughs) It's insane, man. These, these, it's just totally insane behavior. And I think the Nets are going to let him do it. I think the Nets are going to let him do it. All right, what's next? There's so many shows about the 80s Lakers either on TV or coming out soon. Mm -hmm. Pick a current team that deserves their own winning time. Okay, that's great, and I'm gl- really glad that happened because so that's not what the rundown says here, and that's because Demonze just made a grievous error. And Demonze, no, 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 keep that clock no, going. We're going to keep time. rolling, guys. No, 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 no. This is how we learn, and I told Demonze this moment what happened. Demonze 
you know, he and I used to have a little routine before the show. We'd go over the rundown together, whatever it is. Damase now a few weeks in, he's like, don't even need to rehearse it. Oh, I'm right. ready. I'm rolling. Let's go. And he didn't recognize we made a little adjustment, a minor rundown adjustment, buddy. And so we took that question out and we replaced it with who wins an all-time dunk contest, Vince Carter, Dominique Wilkins, or John Morant. You can put that in there and I'll give the answer. What's up? So did I not ask you if there were any tweaks when I was up here while I was writing the rundown? I was like, is there anything? And you were like, no, it's all as is. Well, yeah, I thought, yes, you did ask me that. It was all as is. It was in that moment. All this. I didn't know the last time you had seen it. This tweak was made four hours ago, pal. So you, you listen. Okay, so maybe you, I think my phone line. Oh, your phone. Oh, oh, my like, phone didn't refresh. Oh, oh, blame the technology. Steve Jobs, damn you. And <laughs> my phone. But the answer is Vince Carter. Vince Carter had the single greatest dunk contest ever. He's the greatest dunker ever. This is not up for debate. Okay, last one, assuming we're on the same page here. I what believe is it? it's the LA Rams that should get their winning. Oh, okay, good to know. This is the first time in 17 years Durant and LeBron haven't been in the second round of the playoffs. Yeah. That's it. What about it? Okay, no, nothing. Just you going to ask the question, though? See, again, there you go. That's the question. Yeah. Dude, you got to scroll guys. down in the rundown. <laughs> the best thing about 2005 was LimeWire, Larry Johnson, or my youth. Do you know what LimeWire is? Uh, it's like it's like a software, right? Do you know? Do you is know though? Like back a, in my day, what was used for though? Antivirus software. No, this is how we had to download music. Okay. It was uh like Napster. Do you know what Napster is? No. See, so young, so young and dumb. The 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 we used to have to get pirated music via LimeWire or Napster. I wasn't a big music guy. I was listening to sports talk radio. Larry Johnson was the Chiefs running back in 05. Larry Johnson was awesome for a few years. He is now, you want to see a crazy Twitter feed, check Larry Johnson's Twitter feed. Oh, boy, he got toxic internet brain bad. And then the best thing about 05, my youth. So 05 was my sophomore year at Syracuse. That was good times. Well, yeah, you were seven. I was sophomore at Syracuse. Those are good times. Uh, I'm going to say the best thing about 2005 was my youth. And the best thing about this segment was Demonze realizing maybe I got over my skis a bit in the pre-show prep. Maybe I need to dial it back to how we had been doing it. Hey, listen. No, I, that question's uh, actually on the rundown. What question's actually? Yeah. The best thing about 2005. Yeah. But I was assuming uh-huh. this is the first time and you were going to like go off about that. You know, have like mm-hmm. a little rant yeah, yeah, on yeah. it. Keep your excuses to yourself. We'll be right back. Dude. Are you ready to go, pal? How are you feeling? Oh, jeez. How are you feeling? Feeling a bit conflicted after seeing C-Block. Yeah. All right. Well, welcome back in. (laughs) What's Right with Nick Wright podcast, YouTube show. Uh, Listen, a lot of people have said the breakout star of this show has been Young Demonze. And like as many people are learning, like Trey Young in this year's playoffs, sometimes after your greatest highs come your lowest lows. It's like, ah, damn. I got a ways to go. So you're learning here, and now you're going to learn a little more. Because you also, off the air, have become more active on Twitter, which I have endorsed, until I saw this tweet from very recently from one Demonze at Demonze Bird, if you would like to follow him. That reads, uh, people are saying Ja Dunk is the best in playoff history. I say it's Kevin Johnson baseline over a team. That's from Jimmy Baker. 
Demonze writes, I'm assuming you're saying that because it was over Akeem. Having no prior knowledge to who Akeem is, just looking at the two dunks, John Morant's is better. Demonze. What's the problem? We lived in Houston. Wait, no. See, you five... read the tweet wrong. I, exactly. I knew people were going to think that I was saying that I had no prior knowledge to Akeem Olajuwon. Yeah, because that's what you wrote, buddy. No, no. I'm saying, like, if you're uh-huh. a person that has no prior knowledge to who, who Akeem Olajuwon is, uh-huh. you look at John Morant's dunk and you look at the Larry Johnson one and you're like, John Morant's is way better. But Hakeem Olajuwon was known for being that guy in the post mm-hmm. defensively and all yeah. that stuff. But yeah. if you don't know that and uh-huh. you look at the John Morant dunk, you're like, okay, like this one looks much better. Okay. That's th- not, that, I wasn't that... saying that I don't know who Akeem Olajuwon is. Okay. All right. That oh. defense, that defense is semi-believable. It's undercut a bit by the fact that Akeem had... Olajuwon would pull up to lifetime when I was at the gym practicing. Okay. That's one of the reasons I was so dismayed by your lack of knowledge about him. However, a few, few things we got to dig in on. First of all, it was not the Larry Johnson dunk. It was the Kevin Johnson okay, dunk. Okay, Kevin Johnson, Larry Johnson, Schmary Johnson. Okay, man. all right, that's fine. I know so, who Hakeem Olajuwon is. Okay, so that I do feel better because I was, I was, you know, I wasn't even mad at you. I was disappointed in myself if you didn't know who Hakeem Olajuwon is. You know, the greatest defensive player in NBA history, all-time leader in blocks, all-time, all-time leader in steals by a big man, all that stuff. Uh, but however, this is another lesson, not just in broadcasting, but in social media. It is the job, if someone misinterprets a tweet, that is the fault of the tweeter. If someone miss, if, a, if, 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 you, if anyone writes something, or if I say something on television, and, and afterwards I'm like, man, everyone is misunderstanding what I said, it's probably because I didn't say so, your tweet did appear as if you were saying, having no idea who the hell Akeem Olajuwon is, I like the John Morant dunk. And so, maybe, again, this is all learning. This is learning on the fly in front of, you know, a big national audience, you know, alongside America's most beloved sportscaster. <laughs> so, there's a, lot, there's a lot here. But, okay, I'm, I'm glad. Let me ask you a question. Do you know who this person on my shirt is? Uh, that's... Um... Muhammad Ali. Okay, thank God. All right, we were going to, by the way, we were one more pause of a hesitation away from posting this position for Africans. We'll see you next week.